You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. so excited about the year 2020. I know, we're in it. Yeah, already. We're in it, and it's going to be amazing. We're so looking forward to seeing you all at our Global Presence Tour. Yeah, 20 cities around the world. Yeah, and uh, we want to send a special welcome to all our guests and, visit- and visitors across our churches today. If you're a guest yeah. with us, you're so welcome. We're yes. so glad you're with us. Yes. And uh, hopefully, as we go into this service, you're going to find out a little bit more about the vision yeah. that we have for the future of C3 and for our expansion all around the world. I know. And you know what? This message today that you're going to hear from Pastor Phil, we're actually having a look at the Scripture last night at home, and you're going to be so blessed as we enter into 2020. It's going to be amazing. God is going to do wonderful things in the midst of us, and of course, it all begins with prayer. It does. It does, Phil. It does. So you're going to be amazing, babe. I love you, and I can't wait to see you anywhere in any city across (laughs) the globe at our C3 Global presence to us. So God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Thanks, babe. Good. Okay. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me share this just in a few minutes, a prayer by Paul for the Ephesian church. And I kind of made it my own prayer and the prayer of all of our regional directors and the prayer of all of our pastors to pray for our congregations along this pattern of prayer. There are two prayers that Paul prays in Ephesians for the people of God in that city. But this is the second one, and it's in Ephesians 3 verse 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just thought that, wow, for all of us, there's a reason to pray. And for all of us, if we are thinking about doing anything, dreaming great dreams for the future, that's a reason to pray. If we have problems that we feel are impossible to solve, that's a reason to pray. If we've got a community that is largely unchurched, unsaved, not really open to receiving the gospel, that's a reason to pray. God does nothing but an answer to prayer. One of the great heroes of of history has said, you know, the the power of prayer can never be underestimated. Just, Just praying on our own is powerful. But when the church prays together, That united prayer is the place of power. There's no doubt about it. As we enter this new year, let's start the year with prayer. If we start on our knees, we'll finish on our feet. There's no doubt about it. Praying is the first stop for every great venture in God. And that's what Paul does. He says, I'm bowing my knees in prayer to God. Bowing my knees, kneeling before God restricts our movement which isn't a bad thing in prayer. It restricts us looking at devices, restricts distractions. And Jesus, when He said, when you pray, shut the door, go into the closet, be in an undistracted place, keep prayer meetings and our personal prayer time in focus on the things that we are praying for. I've seen many different prayer situations of pastors. One of them I remember was uh, this particular pastor had photos of all the people that he was praying for all in front of the area where he prayed and he would pray over them. 
Another one was a pastor would flip through his contacts list on his phone while he was praying and pray for those people in his, uh, in his contacts list or in his VIP list or in his favorite list. And, and there are various ways to remind us to stay in prayer. But I would say that as we begin the year, let's begin it with prayer. And that's how Paul starts this letter. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. That's my prayer for you. My prayer for you as pastor and, and, and a team and your marriages and your families and your congregations, every single person. We are praying that you be strengthened in your faith, that you be strengthened with might in your spirit, in your inner man. There are a lot of battles that every one of us face in being a believer. And we are strengthened through the prayers of other people praying for us. We are strengthened when we read the Word of God and the Word level becomes equal to our problem levels, becomes equal to our level of responsibility. We are strengthened by the Holy Spirit coming within us. Every time we worship, we receive another, another little input, injection of strength in our inner man. And so the Spirit of God is the secret to strengthening us inside so that we have a shock absorber for all the shocks that come our way. I've found that trouble comes without warning. But if you're ready on the inside, you'll find that you're able to actually withstand every attack of the enemy. In fact, when Paul is talking in the same letter to the Ephesians about the battle that we all face, he says, stand. It's not about actually moving forward and attacking. It's just hold your ground and be strong in the Lord and be in the power of God in armour, in weaponry with your sword and be fully clothed. And he says, and having done everything, stand, hold your ground. And you're going to find that as you're strong enough, you'll find yourself being able to take steps again in Jesus' name. Amen. Then he says in Ephesians 3.17, he's praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So when we when we're in doubt, we're going to find ourselves lacking the kind of assurance that we need to have in battle, in difficult times, in challenging times, in fulfilling a dream time. But when we decide we're going to believe God and we just say, have faith in God, fear not for I am with you. And we start to speak Scripture into our soul. We'll find that faith rises and Christ's power is dwelling in us. It says by faith. And then we are rooted and grounded in love. This, this love of God means we will, if we're abiding in Christ, we'll abide in the love of God. And I pray with all my heart that the love of God would be so evident and so manifested through all of our congregations that we would be an oasis in a world of hatred, in a world of loneliness, in a world of illness and sickness and offense, that the church of God would be a place not of judgment, but it'd be a place of the love of God so that we discover what that love is. When Paul says in verse 18, he's praying that we may be able to comprehend. To comprehend is to actually take a hold of it in our mind and our thinking and embrace it as part of our life. With all the saints, what is the width, length, depth, and height of that love? The width means that God's arms are so long and so accepting that there's just no limit to the breadth 
of his love. And then he says the length, his patience never runs out. His long suffering, it's so long, his love is long. It will, it will take a long time for some people to come around and to meet the Lord. I mean, for all of us, we've prayed for people and believed for people. And it can be very disappointing and very discouraging when we, 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 we find our faith and our love coming to an end. But God's love doesn't come to an end. He keeps on keeping on. And I remember leading my own father to Christ in his early 70s. We've been praying for him for like 30 years, but eventually... He came through. He, he asked Christ into his life. And there are people even beyond our lives who, that we've prayed for that will receive Christ, that will come to God. And, and, and people who've drifted away will, will, will come back because the love of God is long and it doesn't run out. The depth of the love. God's love is so deep. It reaches to the darkest of places, the darkest of people's lives, reaches down to people who are in the deepest pit and feel like it's impossible to ever get out. And we are the expressions of that love. We are the ones who are reaching down. We are the ones who are widely accepting. We are the ones who are to be long suffering. And then it says, and the height, the height of God's love is to take us so high, as deep as it is deep, it's, so is His love is high. It is it is to take us to the highest of the heights of our life so that our best life, our greatest life, our grandest life is lived at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ. We are seated with Christ, the Bible says. It's just such an astonishing thought. And Paul is praying that all the saints in Ephesus would understand these amazing things. And as we, as we look towards the end of this, this passage of Scripture, it, it culminates in a crescendo, this prayer, because he says now, as he ends the scripture, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the, the power that works in us, he is now saying now to God, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above immeasurably beyond all we could imagine, one translation says. The message says far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Right after praying that prayer, where God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we've just prayed and believe God for, He says in verse 21, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this because this is saying that as the church, and we are builders of the local church, planters and builders of the local church, he's saying, be glory in the church. Nothing else in the church is to be receiving glory or greater honor than Jesus Himself, than God the Father. We are brought together to be God glorifiers, to be giving Him all the credit, not to be taking it ourselves, not unto us, but unto Him. Be all the glory all the praise in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. I believe we're living in a, in a time when every generation from children to teenagers to young adults to middle-aged people to elderly people are gonna find that they are glorifying God in the church. Every generation is, should be in our churches at some level or another having revival having an awakening, discovering Jesus. And I'm believing that we will find that in this hour, many brand new young voices, 
middle-aged voices, older voices will be raised raised up by the power of God so that we're going to see a, a revival at every level in every generation touching our world in Jesus' name. God bless you, C3 Church family. We love you and we are praying for you this prayer today for 2020 in the name of Jesus. Awesome. Yeah, come on. Pastor Phil Pringle, what an incredible man of God. How do you feel when you listen to that message? I don't know about you, but I feel full of hope and excitement. What he was speaking over us as the people of the nation, as the people of C3, we are excited about what it is that God is going to do in our nation. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. He was speaking such incredible life. What a great message to start with today around prayer. You know, we are talking about speaking, and Pastor Phil is one of those people who epitomizes how to speak well over people, how to proclaim the Word of God, how to proclaim God's will and His incredible Word over the people of God, and you know what, over the people of our nation, and in in fact, the whole world. And as he does that, there is incredible hope that rises, and we we heard that this morning, because the words that we speak, they matter. What we say really matters. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's a verse that we can find in Luke chapter 6, and it's from uh, verse 45. And it says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So what we truly believe about ourselves, what we truly believe about God, what we truly think about the people around us and the world around us is going to come out in the way that we speak. It might just pop out. It might be a well-thought-out answer. There's lots of different ways that we speak, but it will come out. So if we are full of faith... If we have grounded ourselves in a place of faith in God, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. If we have filled our lives instead with Netflix, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. The conversation's going to be around that. There's going to be a different kind of speech that we have when we fill ourselves with things of the world rather than the things of God. Now, I'm not saying Netflix is bad. My goodness. Come on. I love Netflix. But if that's my main source of, if that's what I'm listening to and letting speak to me all the time, well, then that's not going to work. That's not, it needs to be a small part, not the main part. God needs to be the main part of what we are hearing. Today, we're going to start by talking about Ezekiel. He loves Ezekiel. He's a great man of God. And by the end of the month, what we would really love for you to have taken away is an empowerment and an encouragement that you can speak to your year, that you can speak over your life, that you can see transformation in the way that your life looks just because of the way that you speak, the way that you are talking about yourself, your world, and the people around you. That is an incredible thing. 
I'm excited about what this is going to look like. You know, often some of our words are not spoken. We have unspoken messages, don't we? This morning I was standing in the front row here and I felt my pocket and I found a, I've taken it out now, but I found a tin of mints. I'm like, message taken. I'll take a mint, shall I? Sometimes we speak words, you know, sometimes we put words out there on Facebook because we maybe feel like that's a safe place to be able to vent or whatever it might be. We, there are so many ways that we speak and often we will be in conversation or we'll be on the phone, not many people phone call, text, whatever it might be. There's so many ways that we speak this morning, a powerful expression in worship when we're speaking the truth of God as we sing. Singing is a form of speech. So I'm, you know, there's lots of ways that we speak. We pick up in Ezekiel 37 today. Now, this is in the Valley of Dry Bones. We have heard this before, I'm sure, and we are going to get something new out of it this morning. Ezekiel was an Old Testament priest in Jerusalem, and he was ordained as a, or commissioned as a prophet as he began to see visions about five years after he went into exile. He started to see visions about the Israelites while they were in exile and the, and the need for them to continue to follow God despite what was going on around them. And so it's really important that we know that he is prophesying to a nation that seems and feels lost. They feel like they've lost all hope. They're in exile. Where is God? What is he doing? And Ezekiel begins to get these uh, visions because who knows when God is involved, there is always hope, right? There is always hope. So we're going to pick up from chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will breathe in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. 
then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. What a powerful passage of scripture we're reading from this morning. We're only going to briefly have a chance to glance at it because I have a a practical thing that I feel is for us this morning that I really want to make sure we leave plenty of time to do. So we have got a brief moment of time to go through a couple of things from this scripture. The first thing I want us to see in this scripture is that the Spirit of the Lord was on Ezekiel. The Spirit of the Lord was on. We can do nothing apart from the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. He is a very, very big necessity in our lives. We can't do anything effectively without the Spirit of God. We can't pray effectively without the Spirit of God. We've just done a whole series on the Spirit. Make sure that you are in the Spirit of God, that you are building relationship with the Spirit of God every day. That is where our strength comes from. That is where our hope is. And we know that God is with us at all times. We want, when we are speaking, you know, when Ezekiel is speaking, he's not speaking his own words. He's speaking what the Holy Spirit, what the Lord of, the, what the Lord of hosts Our amazing God has told him to speak. Son of man, prophesy. This is what he is telling him to prophesy. And it's so important that he can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to him so he can prophesy what God sees into being. God is creative, right? God is incredible and he has a vision for us in our lives that he wants us to speak over it. He has a vision and a purpose for each and every one of us that he wants us to speak over our lives. And he will give us that when we are listening to him, when we are attuning our ear to him so that we can hear what he is saying. This is our optimal working place. Ezekiel saw what God saw and spoke it. When our hearts and our minds are aligned with God's, oh my goodness. When we speak the will of God into our lives, not just a wishful thought or something we kind of would like to happen, but actually ask God, God, what do you see for my life? He sees so much. So much purpose in our lives, so exciting what God sees. And a lot of it, he's already given us. We just need to speak it out. You know, God will send his spirit to change and transform our hearts out of the overflow of the heart. When we have a transformed heart, the overflow of a transformed heart is transformation. The overflow of a transformed heart is life and love and grace and peace and joy and redemption. Oh my gosh, there is so much that comes from an overflow of a transformed heart. So as he transforms our heart, the Holy Spirit begins to do an incredible work. As Ezekiel looked out on the dry bones, God asked him to speak. We know that God can speak. He spoke creation into existence. But actually, God asked Ezekiel to partner with him because we are the vessels God uses to bring life to what we see around us. God empowers us to speak, right? We have an important part to play in the way that our life looks. I don't know about you, but I try really hard to talk to my kids about not saying, I can't, 
I can't do that. I can't, mum, it's too hard. It's too hard, mum, I can't do it. And when we start to say that enough times, we start to believe that that's, that that's the truth, that we can't do whatever it is that we've got in front of us. I can't run two and a half kilometres at the gym. I know two and a half kilometres is like nothing for half of you people, but whatever. And I know when I'm on my way to the gym whether I'm going to be able to achieve it or not because of the way that I'm speaking to myself. When we start to speak to ourselves in a negative way, I don't think God's ever going to heal me. God doesn't really care about that part of my life. I'm never going to find the right person. God can't change that part of me. When we start talking like that, we start believing that. But where in the Word of God does it say any of that? Where in the Word of God does it say you can't? In fact, the only verses I can think of are verses that say you can. You can. God made you able. God made me able. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's what we need to speak over our lives. Just as Ezekiel was speaking over the lives, over these dry bones and seeing them come to life, God gives us the ability to speak out words of life and encouragement over ourselves so that we see what God wants us to be and we speak that into existence. We have to get this right. We have to make a change in some of the ways that we speak. I've totally gone off my notes, sorry everybody. When we speak, God works, right? We're not saying that when we speak, we work or that it's our power or that it's our thing that's happening. No, no, when we speak, God works. When Ezekiel spoke, God worked. God pulled the things together. God pulled the tendons and there was perseverance in what he was saying. It wasn't just a quick thing, oh my gosh, yes, it's done. You know, no, no, he had to push in. He had to prophesy again. When we, Pastor Earl was talking before, I, you'll forgive me, I'm not a Bible scholar. It could have been Elijah, it could have been Elisha, I don't know. Was praying for rain. It didn't come automatically, right? He had to keep praying. He persevered until the rain came. We don't just stop by one declaration. We continue to declare it until it becomes the reality in our lives because that's what God wants for us. He sees a vision of you in a different way to the way you see yourself perhaps. Maybe you've got that. Maybe you've got it already. And that's awesome. Keep declaring it. We must start speaking out God's word and will over ourselves because we bring hope to others when we do that and hope to ourselves. We let lots of things speak to us and there's heaps of things that I was going to say that I'm not going to say now. You'll have to, I'll have to preach again another time. But I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in us. Pastor Nate spoke last week about choosing a word in alignment with the Holy Spirit for your year. And this is something that we as a family have done the last couple of years. And last year in 2019, our word was grateful. And as we sat down on the first of the month to reflect on how we'd gone, we kind of felt we didn't nail it. But there was no condemnation in that. 
It was just a reminder that we hadn't really made it at the forefront of our minds and we've worked out some different ways now to, to put it somewhere where we can see it constantly and start to speak gratefulness into our world and thankfulness so that it becomes just to who we are because God's Word shows us how important it is to be grateful and thankful for what is in front of us. You know, when we speak, we don't just speak a word. We don't just randomly choose a, a word that we want to be like rich. I choose rich. Go for it, God. Woo! Can't wait to see that happening in my bank account. No, no. We lean into the Holy Spirit and we invite Him to be a part of what He would see for our lives. My goodness, that's who we want, right? It's who we want to look like. It's what we want to look like. We want to look like Him. So we invite Him to show us what is the Word that You would have for us. What do we want to speak over ourselves for 2020 so we can see it well and truly founded in our lives? And this morning, you know, I'm going to give us an opportunity to speak a Word. And as the team uh, are preparing, they're going to hand you a slip of paper. I am one of those teacher people. And I'm a writer and I have paper. And we are going to write down this morning a word as you lean into the Holy Spirit, as you ask Him. And some of you may already have that word. I want to I ask that you would pray for maybe more. There's an abundance that God has for us today. There might be a scripture that He wants to put alongside the word that He gives you. And I also have some prophetic words that I'm going to release in a little while. So don't go anywhere. We're just going to take some time. We're going to listen to some incredible music as these guys prophesy in their playing over us today and make a way for the Spirit of God to speak profoundly to us. If you don't have a pen, you can use your phone. You can use the questions on the paper to direct your thoughts. But this morning... You know, I don't know what it'll look like for you. It might be refresh. It might be passion. It might be something more like what God told me, which was intentional. To be intentional about where I spend my time and what I spend my time doing, where we put our finances, what we do with our children, how we are in our marriage, all of those things I felt the Lord talking to me about. And you might have something that's similar and practical. I don't know. But I know that God is speaking to us because He tells us in His Word that He speaks to each of us. So take some time this morning. Attune your ear to the Holy Spirit. God, we declare this morning, God, that You are going to bring a Word to mind that would speak hope and life and truth over us today. We thank You, God, that this is going to propel us into the year ahead. God, that we would put it somewhere where we will continue to be reminded of it through the year and we would continue to speak it out over our lives. So God, would you just come? Would you fall in this place? Would you fall in this place? Thank you, Lord. Just take some time now. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. 
We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.